you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We are live in New York City. Happy Wednesday. It is February 2nd. I'm Kay, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, Pro Football Hall of Famer Chris Carter is with us as always. We thank you for being here. We thank you guys for watching. Hit us up at GMFB on Twitter. We've got lots of stories to get to. Looking forward to the Super Bowl and other headlines. It is time for the lead block. Time for the lead block. Mm-hmm. The countdown is 11 days. 11 days right. until Super Bowl 56 out in Los Angeles. They are getting ready out at SoFi. The Rams will be the visiting team in their own stadium. The Cincinnati Bengals will technically be the home team. Pretty interesting. The story of the Bengals' trip to Super Bowl 56 has been truly amazing, considering where they were just two seasons ago. Guys, two wins in 2019, just four wins last season. Their new highly touted draft pick blows out his knee. Do they draft Panay Sewell? Do they draft Jamar Chase? They draft Jamar Chase. And now they are sitting here one win away from hoisting the Lombardi Trophy after taking down Patrick Mahomes twice in one season, something that just does not happen. So, yes, NFL fans who are not in the Super Bowl and not in the playoffs and are rebuilding, it can happen just like that. I ask you guys, how would you describe how this happened? What was the key? What is the magic behind the Bengals' miracle 2021? I think uh, Joe Burrow is the central figure in all of this, and that's nothing against Zach Taylor, and it's nothing against Jamar Chase, but it's Joe Burrow, and then you've got this young quarterback, but you had to put the pieces around him, and in team building, a lot of times you say, we're going to do a complete rebuild, we're going to build through the draft, and other times you say, we're going to sign a bunch of shiny pieces. The Bengals, they did something different than both of those options. They said, we're going to build through the draft, but we're going to get a lot of people that we call middle class employees in the NFL to play deep. Middle class. What is middle class? It's not the huge splashy free agent signing. It's that next year. That veteran Mm. who's been there, done that, and isn't going to break the bank. Take a look at what the Bengals did on defense over the last two years, and look at the teams they came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saints. Playoffs every year from Trey Hendrickson. Mm. Larry O, he was on that Browns team that came out of... The Cowboys, they were in the playoffs. Eli Apple came from the Giants, then from the Saints, then from the Panthers. Just ask him. (laughs) He'll tell you. (laughs) Mike Hilton, Steelers for years. Von Bell was with Sean Payton and the Saints. All of these players are huge on that defense. I love the team building stuff, and I think this is a very different way about going about your team building than other squads. Some squads are like, we're just going to build through the draft, get a bunch of draft picks, and just and that's how it's going to be economically sound. The Bengals, they said, we are going to find the right value for players, and they have all hit on defense. Of course it starts with Burrow, but you cannot look at that team and look what they did to Patrick Mahomes and not say that defense was awesome on Sunday in the second half. And it was awesome in week 17 in the second half. Duke Tobin is yeah. their general manager. I was going to say, shout him out. Duke Tobin's the guy, but they don't have a 40-person mm. staff. It's like no. Duke uh. and a limited staff that does the work and they have to be fiscally responsible. There are some more restrictions with the Bengals and maybe some other teams as far as spending and wheeling and dealing goes. They're not like the Rams. 
Uh, they're not like the Rams. They're a complete opposite. And I yes. think in the NFL, to have those two different philosophies in a Super Bowl is really cool. And Bengals fans, you got to love that defense. For a lot of players, that team said, okay, we got the best out of them. They're good to walk mm-hmm. elsewhere. They're playing in the Super Bowl. You need the strong middle class. Mm-hmm. You also got to sprinkle in a couple of young billionaires, <laughs> the, the, the three comma types. And I don't know if you remember this, but back in the offseason, the Cincinnati Bengals had the number five pick in the draft. And it's a crazy thing because there was this big, giant left tackle from Oregon, and he could protect your injured quarterback. But there's also this electric wide receiver from LSU who played with your quarterback. We talked about this as a program many, many times. Why are they where they are today? Because it all started with one decision they made based on this. Who would I want to have if I'm the Bengals? Explosive playmaker, top tier offensive lineman. Well, of course, they got to sure up what's in front of them. I know Burrow's like, yeah, I want Jamar Chase, that's my boy, but we got to protect you, okay. Burrow. Do you do what's practical? <laughs> yep. Or do you do what's sexy and fun? How do you live, Kyle? It's going to be either offensive tackle or the wide receiver who my quarterback played with and had 20 touchdowns with. Panay Sewell is the fifth Love overall Sewell. pick. Wow. Panay Sewell to the Bengals. <laughs> Peter hits the bell. It did not go that way. That is what they chose. Sexy, fun, risky. They said the hell with it. We're going to go with the wide receiver. If they don't make that choice, if they take Penny Sewell, maybe they have a good season. Maybe they do get to the playoffs. They're not beating the Chiefs the first time. They're certainly not beating the Chiefs the second time. They are not in the Super Bowl if they do not take Jamar Chase at the number five overall pick in the draft. This became our own private Manning versus Leaf, Mario Williams versus Reggie Bush. And I think philosophically, again, to the Tobin boys in that front office, they took a risk with this. They could have gotten Joe Burrow hurt again. They could have played it safe and practical, and they rolled the dice a little bit with number one, who in his first game in the NFL lit the world on fire. I think this is the boldest choice they could have made, and God, did it work out for him. Jamar Chase to the Bengals. He could have been a lion right now, Chris. I love the fact that Peter's addressing the different styles, and you talk about the draft. There is no science to doing this, how you can mm-hmm. build a team. Um, Bill Parcells always told me, Chrissy, he said it's about talent acquisition. I don't care where you get them from. He said, I don't care if they're on the street. I don't care if they're in Canada or they're in Europe. How can you get these players in your building and put them in a system? So for me, the Bengals, they failed so much in the draft that you really have to focus on their draft in the last couple years. And I'm going to go, Joe Burrows is great. Foundational, cement, concrete. But ultimately, if you play good football and you lose at the end of the game, because you don't have a world-class kicker, which the Bengals do. Mm-hmm. And Evan McPherson, he brings it all together. Kicker! <laughs> because, yeah, you know the reason why? Go ahead. We've been working all hard all game. Defense has played 75 plays. Offense has played 75 plays. But it boils down to a, probably a size eight or nine shoot. <laughs> now, this guy has five game-winning field goals on the final play this season, including the playoffs. The most impressive thing for me is Go on. 12 field goals, of 50 or plus yards. Mm-hmm. Most in any NFL season, it's a record. So once you get past midfield, you're pretty much guaranteed three points. And if you look at one of the weaknesses, the Bengals, I know we talk about the Tennessee game and the nine sacks, but their second biggest weakness is their red zone offense. Mm-hmm. If they don't have that kicker, they don't get through. Mm. So they have a positive drive and they get points. Every time, it's momentum into the players. It's momentum into the middle-class citizen. (laughs) So they don't have to play perfect games. So to me, how they put it together, it's been exceptional, and they haven't forfeited their future 
for trying to win right now. That's a good call. The window's open. That's why they, I think the excitement is so pure with the Cincinnati Bengals because there's not the pressure of yeah. this has to happen this year or next year. It's just, man, our future is set and we're going to keep adding pieces. To your point about McPherson and the draft, it's way outside of the first round is what I love what they did with McPherson, picking up guys sort of along the way over the last few years like A.T. Higgins. And then also what they do, I mean, Logan Wilson was outside the first round either, mm-hmm. uh, as well. So then you look at the free agency acquisitions. You mentioned Trey Hendrickson. They bet on a guy who everyone thought was an anomaly with the Saints. Had a be- like right. a t- tons of sacks out there, and they got him at a pretty good price point. Yeah. And he is proving to be that dude for them. Just this conflation of good decisions that they've made outside of drafting your foundational guys. What they've done outside of the first round uh, and free agency. And to mention the kicker McPherson, I think that's a huge advantage they have over the Rams. Oh yeah, he can get some. Is that he, yeah. he's welcome in your foursome? Man, oh yeah, anywhere's number two. That was my number in college. Mike Brown owes me one because he brought me in to talk to the team when um, Ocho Cinco and uh, Terrell Owens were there. Of course, Ocho Cinco doesn't show up. Uh But Mike Brown apologizes to me because he said he missed on me. I grew up 30 miles from there. He said, I missed on you. I should have grabbed you when the Vikings grabbed you and brought you to Cincinnati. So, yes, get me a McPherson number two. Let's do it. Yes, let's go. Let's go. Uh, we'll talk more about this, of course. There's other headlines and news that we have to get out here this morning. Rams and Bagels, we'll talk about that in Super Bowl 56. The remaining 30 teams are preparing for next season. Five of those teams, that includes finding a new head coach to run those teams. So far, four new head coaches have been named. None are minorities. Now, one of those vacancies is in Miami. And yesterday, Dolphins' former head coach, Brian Flores, filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL. The Broncos, the Dolphins, and Giants, and other unnamed teams for alleged racial discrimination with hiring processes for head coaches. The league issued this statement in response, saying, The NFL and our clubs are deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices and continue to make progress in providing equitable opportunities throughout our organizations. Diversity is core to everything we do, and there are few issues on which our clubs and our internal leadership team spend more time. We will defend against these claims, which are without merit. We bring in our NFL Network insider, Mike Garofolo. He joins us with more here. There are a lot of layers to the story and ripple effects. Three different teams and not just three teams involved here. What is the latest on Brian Flores? Yes, Kay, and those teams all issuing statements uh, in response to the allegations uh, saying basically what the NFL said, which is they believe that allegations are without merit. But these were heavy allegations levied by Brian Flores here. Allegations of racism and hiring practices, tampering, he said that owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, brought in a quarterback for a meeting on a yacht in the offseason, and Flores immediately walked off because he was uninterested in partaking in that meeting, which happened before free agency. Also tanking, Flores saying that uh, Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 per game that he would lose in order to get the first pick in the draft a couple of years ago, which wound up being Joe Burrow. The Dolphins in their statement saying that allegations that they acted without integrity for the game are baseless. Um, And then there was an allegation that the Denver Broncos showed up for what Flores felt was a sham interview because they were late and it was clear that they had been drinking the night before. The Broncos saying in a statement that that is not true. The meeting occurred on time and was conducted professionally. 
Uh, but the one that seems to really have pushed Flores over the edge here was the Giants not hiring him, hiring Brian Dable instead and Flores and his lawyers in the filing, including a screenshot of text messages from Bill Belichick, who seems to have mistaken his Brian's that used to work for him, Brian Dable and Brian Flores, saying that those text messages were an indication that Belichick knew that the Giants were going to hire Brian Dable even before Flores went into that interview with the Giants saying that's not the case and that Flores was very much involved in the process and very much a candidate all the way through. I do know that John Mara did call Brian Flores before they even hired Joe Shane, the general manager, so the Giants will say that showed our interest in, in Brian Flores. So a lot to unpack here and a lot to continue to monitor, Kay, as this story develops. Brian Flores will speak on another program this morning, so stay tuned for more reaction to this story and more information as it becomes available, Kay. I believe we'll be talking to Arnett Burleson. Thanks so much to you, Mike Garofolo. Yep. And you mentioned those teams. Should be noted, we'll get to the Giants part of this. Flores, who led the Dolphins to back-to-back -back winning seasons for the first time since 2000 and 2001, in that lawsuit, the Dolphins responded saying, in part, we are aware of the lawsuit through the media reports that came out this afternoon. We vehemently deny any allegations of racial discrimination and are proud of the diversity and inclusion throughout our organization. Meanwhile, the Broncos also responded in their statement saying, in part, the allegations from Brian Flores directed towards the Denver Broncos in today's court filing are blatantly false. Our process was thorough and fair to determine the most qualified candidate for a head coaching position. And the Giants statement said in part, quote, we are pleased and confident with the process that resulted in the hiring of Brian Dable. We interviewed an impressive and diverse group of candidates. The, matter, the fact of the matter is Brian Flores was in the conversation to be our head coach until the 11th hour. Ultimately, we hired the individual we felt was most qualified to be our next head coach, end quote. We'll be gathering more information, monitoring this, talking to Mike Garofolo, and after this, we will talk a little Vikings. Jim Harbaugh is flown into Minnesota for an interview. Is he coming back to the NFL? <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Tweet our show at GMFB as we hit this next story. Tom Pelissero, our guy, reporting that the Vikings are flying in University of Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh to interview for their gig. Both sides spoke Saturday to gauge his interest in the open position. Today he arrives in Minnesota, one step closer to making his return to the NFL. We've been wishing and manifesting and thinking he might. Now Harbaugh's last stint as an NFL coach, it was with the Niners from 2011 to 2014. Of course, during that stretch, he had a record of 44 and 19 and 1. So what do we make of Harbaugh's potential return? to the NFL. It was, people were trying to say we might go to Miami because there's a connection with Michigan there, but how's the fit? 
He ain't flying in there if it's not close to a done deal. I'll tell you this. Jim Harbaugh is a, a man of great conviction. Jim Harbaugh is a unique head coach, and Jim Harbaugh is not going to waste anyone's time unless he's serious. But I'm not sure the Vikings are 100% sold on it either. But I find it a fascinating dynamic. They hire a new general manager, Kwesi, who is you know young, innovative, analytics, Princeton grad, comes from the Niners organization, and you'd think the hire would be young, different, fresh. And he might go to the guy who, he worked for way back when, 2011, 2014, and hired Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. The other interesting part of this is Harbaugh's a Michigan man. Harbaugh loves Michigan. Harbaugh's putting Michigan in a terrible bind right now. The college football hiring circle is done. Like, that cycle is way done. The Ravens already plucked his defensive coordinator. Mike McDonald is a 34-year-old brilliant mind. He did a great job. He did. He's now with the Ravens, leaving Michigan's cupboard completely bare. So I'm fascinated if Harbaugh would, A, do this, B, if the Vikings really want to go back in time and go with Harbaugh, and then C, if Michigan, who has given Harbaugh the world over the last few years, is going to be able to stomach their chosen one, their son, leaving them high and dry. This football coaching stuff is fascinating. If Questy's first hire is Jim Harbaugh, wow, we are in a, uh, 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 this is just amazing to me. Uh, so Brady to Michigan? Yeah, possibly. Coach? Hey, Brady's son, come on and be the quarterback. Be funny, I like that. All right, brace yourself Okay. for a surprise. I wouldn't be shocked at all mm-hmm. if Jim Harbaugh's named the coach within the next 48 hours. The mm-hmm. reason why, that's what the owner wants. The owner gets what the owner wants. So yeah, they did hire a new guy, innovative guy, really smart. But the owner likes that guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe Minnesota was the only phone call that Harbaugh had. Mm. Um, I have a source that tells me that there was a conversation between him and the Chicago Bears. And he was looking to go back to the Bears and looking for a John Gruden type deal. (laughs) And that was not available. So they moved on. So here come the Vikings. The Wilfs, they do have the money. And this has nothing to do with me being from Ohio State. These are the facts. I got a Vikings pullover. I'll probably be wearing tomorrow or Friday. It, it will probably come with Jim Harbaugh <laughs> being announced Is that right? as the Vikings head coach. They're yeah. trying to shake up, do something totally different than Zimmer, uh-huh. Spillman, shake up the whole thing. Do you like it? I thought Jim Harbaugh made a mistake going to college football because his style transitions to the NFL. Why? Oh, it's a couple teams. Look at Baltimore, what they're doing. Look at San Francisco, what they're still doing. Mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh, it's not the football part. He has a hard time getting along with people. Sure. He wears you. Like, he's a different guy. A little odd. Uh I want to be careful what I say. That's who he is. These owners, I don't know, but they love him. And that's what's going to happen. Chris, Jim Harbaugh is weird as hell. <laughs> he's, Go ahead, he's bro. a weird dude. What are you saying? And it works for him. <laughs> Alex Smith tells a story that the first time he ever met Jim Harbaugh, ever, Harbaugh shows up as the first day as the head coach of San Francisco. And Alex Smith goes, Coach, how you meet Alex Smith? Harbaugh goes, show me your hands. What? Show me your hands. Put your hands up right now. You want to see how big his hands are? Let's go out and have a catch. That was their introduction. Wow. Different dude. Wildly different dude. Chris, sometimes <laughs> Peter will do the thing where he's like, I'm not reporting this. <laughs> But I wouldn't be surprised. When I say I don't think Jim Harbaugh is getting on a flight unless... But you do it for a million things. Chris, would you bet cash money that this happens? Yeah, I don't have my wallet with me, but I do happen to have a little knot. Do you have Apple Pay? We can I'm, 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 willing to, I'm willing to give someone odds that this okay. is what's going to happen. It's very exciting. Just for NFL fans, never mind Vikings fans... This is the guy. You're this here is, for this? Oh, my God. Talk this is me. Captain Content. Unbelievably eccentric, I think is the polite can, can way to put a, it. Can I give a hardball story? Yeah. 
we were working at Fox, and I won't name the ex-player, but the ex-player knew Harbaugh very well. Okay. And he was calling the game, and he goes into a production meeting, and he's like, what's up, Jim? And Harbaugh goes, Jim Harbaugh, nice to meet you. Oh, my God. Like, it's, like <laughs> See, that's good. They knew each other. Like, You know who else is, a, like, a little strange? Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Uh, what's that meeting really? like? We got uh, strange and spades up there. Yeah. So is it going to be the show me your hands, Kirk? And then are they going to go to to Outback Steakhouse and figure this thing? I, I, this is a really strange. Now the meeting. initial interview, <laughs> or the conversation, as Peter would say, wink, wink, yeah. was Saturday. Mm. Okay. And I would say it didn't go great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were maybe more confused after that. Interesting. But the owner loves them. Big dog. What's the big dog? This is not middle class. No, no, <laughs> okay. no, 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 no. Which is that the record profound, it's unbelievably cool. successful. Yes. It's, it's easier, I imagine, to hire a coach that you know has performed on the highest level, one that worked already with their newly hired yep. GM, right? He mm-hmm. knows Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and knows what he's all about, so you know that they will at least get along or know each other, and it might get approved. And you got to say, like, the Vikings, is he not inheriting, Kyle, like the same sort of team that he had when he got to San Francisco, a middling team that had some good pieces and got the best out of them? I don't know. It seems like a pretty good situation. It got to be. a Super Bowl in, in what? Yeah. His first few well, he years? got to a title game with Alex Smith, a Super Bowl with Kaepernick. I looked this up. Do you know how much money Kirk Cousins is supposed to make next year? Forty, right? Forty-five million yes, dollars. Either he's he got to rework that, or he's got to go. Forty-five million bucks. I think the conversation is what Chris is on to. It's the people thing. My read on the washout with San Francisco Pier. Tell me if I'm wrong. Finally, like, we got a divorce. Like, it got crazy. It was him, and it was Trent Balky, and it was Jed, and it was like, dude, somebody's got to go, and he had to go. So it's going to work well, I think, at the beginning. We'll see how it sustains, because Harbaugh, we'll just, let's bring this full circle. Harbaugh is weird as hell. Weird as hell. That's Let me tell opinion. you where it, it doesn't play well. <laughs> Michigan forced him to take a pay cut yep. before the season. Okay. Uh, they haven't revisited that. You know, he's making $8 million, went down to $4 million. They, ha- they haven't revisited that. But today is National Signing Day. Uh, so I'm a little 18-year-old kid. I've Wait, already committed to Michigan. Is it? Can I get my camera? This is the, oh, this is the kind of things, Chris, the, the Hall of Famer. I'm, he passes me notes. I'll show. It's the funniest thing in the world. It's National Sign Day. Today is National It lets you day. know how serious it is. Yeah. He should be in Ann Arbor mm-hmm. greeting the kids. Hey, man, guys are enrolled early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Didn't go to high school Minnesota. graduation. Mm-hmm. Didn't go to prom and all that. Yeah. Maybe they'll be gophers instead. Well, so. public service announcement. Any of you mission recruits, you Here want a place go. to go, we'll take you in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> We're ready. This is the revenge tour. We're coming back for people mm-hmm. in 2022. Mm-hmm. At GMFE with your thoughts. Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL. Is Minnesota a good fit? Do you think it happens? Let us know. Up next, Tom Brady officially called it a career yesterday after 22 historic and record-breaking seasons in the NFL. The resume is ridiculous. Three league MVPs, five Super Bowl MVPs, seven rings, and one TB12. We all know his impact was felt all over the league. Yesterday, Buccaneers GM Jason Light spoke about the impression he made after two seasons and one championship in Tampa Bay. Anything I say today about Tom is an understatement in terms of what he's done for not only the Buccaneers, but for the NFL, for the Patriots, his entire career. He's, at least in my opinion, and I know the opinion of many, if not all, the greatest player in the history of the league. It was the most rewarding two years that I could imagine. More rewarding would have been two Super Bowls, but the fact that we won a Super Bowl and then this year had the best record in the league along with the Packers, it's an unbelievable fairy tale story that uh, we'll be talking about forever. And you got to hope that winning culture stays a part of that franchise and that locker room and everything he imparted stays put. But let's just be honest, it's a hole that no one can fill. But I was curious, guys, who it impacts the most. 
as far as the NFL and even beyond. What does Brady's retirement mean for the rest of us? It's like a boulder thrown into a pond. So there is going to be a ripple effect. And for me, I go with probably one of the most convincing voices Brady heard before he makes that crucial decision, I'm going to leave New England. He ends up in Tampa because I was fairly surprised. And Bruce Arian, Bruce was done with football. He was in TV, playing golf, hanging out, had some health issues. I hope his health is a lot better. But to me, when Tom Brady walks away, I got to look to Bruce, man. How long? Like, how long are we going to do this? Mm. Like, you're talking about going out on a high note. Yeah, they had one of the best records in the NFL this year. Won the Super Bowl last year. They're going to be losing a lot of free agents. Yep. You're going to be shocked at how t- no taxes in Tampa, but it's not as attractive as some other places now. Feels like party's over, doesn't it? And, that, and that's the reality of it. But he's had a great career. It would be a great final chapter to his career. He's done made a great contribution to football. And having Tom Brady finish out the last chapter, to me, that's probably the biggest impact because these other people will have careers. Mm-hmm. But to me, I believe his is closer to the finish now that Tom's walked away, guys. Arians is not a 30- or 40-year-old head coach. He's already walked away once. I, I'm fascinated to see if Bruce is like, let's, let's bring it back again because yeah. I look at that quarterback room because I still think the Buccaneers are a good team. They still have stars on that team, and they're stars that are under contract. Mike Evans isn't going anywhere. Devin White's not going anywhere. Levante David's not going anywhere. So who's the quarterback of the Buccaneers? Because they are still a relevant team even without Brady. I don't think they fall off the map. And I look at this thing, I mean, you got free agency looming for Gabbert, Kyle Trask, who they drafted in the third round, I don't know, Ryan Griffin. No, you know. When you say I don't know, I don't know. you know. I don't know. <laughs> Kyle Pitts was on Twitter yesterday hyping up Kyle Trask. There's a lot of Kyle Trask love. And before the draft, there was a lot of momentum. And Brady actually spoke very positively about him. But, like, yeah. the Buccaneers are not a 2-15 and 15 <clears throat> team look at the without division. Tom mm-hmm. Brady. Like, mm-hmm. that team can still win the NFC South Mm -hmm. with the talent around it. So I'm fascinated. And then I start thinking about all of these names that we're going to be talking about all offseason. Does Jimmy Garoppolo make sense in Tampa Bay? Mm -hmm. Does Aaron Rodgers want to go to Tampa Bay, maybe? Does Russell Wilson want to experience it? That is a team that is still built for success and is still very player-friendly. If you are a star quarterback, there might be no better landing spot than saying, oh, Tom Brady did what? There's no shame in doing the same exact thing and going down there and getting yours. I'm fascinated to see what happens at that quarterback position because I don't think it's just going to be as simple as, well, it's Ryan Griffin's turn. I think this team is still built to win right now and I think it's another team on the quarterback carousel conversation that I don't think we accounted for a couple months ago. There's so many places to go with this. When you throw that boulder into the pond, you can ride any ripple Mm -hmm. you want. Mm -hmm. First of all, I think Gronk's definitely going to retire. I think Gronk's done. I don't think he's ever going to play without Brady. He said it's only he wants to play with, which means five years from now, Gronk and Brady will go into the Hall of Fame together and they'll both be first ballots and that'll be a party. Secondly, and this is a, a little bit of a different one, I still didn't think Aaron Rodgers was going to retire, but now there's no possible vision in my head in which Aaron Rodgers goes to the Hall of Fame on the same day that Tom Brady does. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Rodgers is retiring. I wonder how this affects Roethlisberger five years down the line. Is he going to go in in the same class as Tom Brady? Are they going to make Roethlisberger wait? Were they going to already? Like, there's all kinds of Hall of Fame implications. The Arians thing, I think, is dead on. And then Never mind five years from now. What about five or six months from now when we and every other show are picking our division winners? Mm-hmm. Who is the favorite in the NFC South? Because it's not just Brady. Sean Payton's gone too. Is it the Falcons? The Falcons have the best quarterback in the NFC South right now. The most veteran quarterback, like a completely forgettable team right now this past season. Are they in the driver's seat? If not, does something crazy happen? Not only in Tampa... In Carolina. Like, that is yeah. up for grabs. Their defense looked good the first part of the they season. They looked really good. 
Brady's gone. Sean Payton's gone. This whole thing is, is poof. I don't know where to go with it at all. Five years from now, ramifications. Five minutes from now and five months from now. It is all, write any ripple you want, Adams. Do you think that <laughs> Roger, knowing what you know about Rodgers, he actually considered the Hall of Fame? Do you think that's a, that he his legacy and that's actually important to him? Or is that just kind of cheeky? I'm just curious, just knowing him a little bit. I think that he definitely wasn't going to retire anyway. Okay. But it, yeah, to the point, like, I, I don't think... Rodgers and Brady are best friends, and yeah. I don't think that there would ever be a scenario that he'd want to go in the same year as Tom, my opinion. You think if Rodgers would go down to Tampa and take over for Brady, do you? I don't. I don't think the Packers would trade him within the conference. Uh, mm. That's a good point. Okay. That would be juicy, though. Yeah. <laughs> he already took over for Brett Favre. That would be harder than taking over for Brady. I was there at the first practice when he took over for Brett Favre. Yeah. And that was not what just was a rollout to what Brett Favre. What was that like? When he threw the first pass to me, I was on the side with um, Greg Jennings. He threw the first pass to me. I said, I want to see it. I want to see the first one out the gun. Yeah. And it hit my hands. Boom. Uh-huh. I said, okay, it's over. <laughs> We're good. I, said, I, don't know where, I don't know where Favre is, but it's over. <laughs> it's great. over. That spiral was so tight. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> at GMFE, we got a big show. We've got news as well, but we will hit some headlines after the break right here on Good Morning Football. That's funny. What's he doing with the ball, Brad? Did he almost throw it? That was a crazy yeah. highlight. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to Good Morning Football. Big thanks to the Washington Commanders. Yeah, that was announced today. That is the new name formerly known as the Washington football team. For the last 18 months, we uh, got some cool jackets. And Teen Wolf over here is sporting one. <laughs> I do feel very John Hughes, like very very Emilio Estevez in Breakfast Club. I like there's a cool logo. Ooh, there is really Washington cool Commander. I like that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's very old school. My really Eagles like fans, it. I apologize. But these are cool. It's, cool. it's We're trying the jackets out, and I feel like we're trying the name out. Okay. I found myself in the commercial break just trying it a few times. Like, yeah. this fall, we're going to be like, big game week three, we got the Eagles and the Commanders. It feels a little strange. How's it feeling for you guys? Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue yet. Not yet. Not yet. But we'll get there. Uh-huh. We'll uh-huh. get there. I mean, the Chargers, they finally moved to L.A. After about yeah. two years, you're like, ah, L.A., San Diego, ah. We'll get it. We'll get it right. Are there any teams that have three-syllable names? Falcons, Panthers, Saints. But I do have a merchandising idea. I think that every team... Should bring back the old Letterman jacket. Remember the Houston Texans did when they played the Patriots that yeah. one time. Showed up in varsity jackets and got the doors blown off, Chris. Yeah, well, let's get that's the. True. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's, not, that's not the best example. Let's get some. <laughs> let's get some winning teams wearing them first as a model, and then we'll see if it goes throughout the league. Time for the lead block. Yeah, lead block. Lead let's block. get to it. There was a disappointing finish for the Niners in the NFC Championship. A lot of eyes directed right at Jimmy Garoppolo. I bet he has Letterman jacket, don't you think? Oh, oh yeah, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, would this interception be his last snap in San Francisco? Oh, snap. Well, Jimmy G addressed his future yesterday. These guys have been very upfront about the whole thing. I was talking to John yesterday just about, uh, you know, finding the right destination and whatever the future holds, just doing it the right way. And it's, uh, 
got a long career ahead of me. So I'm trying to, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the opportunities to come. I just want to go to a place where, uh, where they want to win. I mean, that's really what I'm in this game for. I, I'm here to play football, here to win football games. And as long as I got that and uh, good people around me, I think the rest will take care of itself. Said it earlier, the NFC seems wide open. It sounds simple enough for Jimmy G. He wants to go somewhere that all those boxes are checked. Peter, where do you think the best destination for Jimmy G is? An aside, if you haven't watched a full press conference, you really got it. If you don't love Jimmy Garoppolo's game on the field, you can't help but love him mm-hmm. off the field. The way he just said everything with class, and at the end he was like, it's been real, I'll see ya. He gets it. It's not going to be him in a Niners jersey next year, based on what we heard yesterday. He nailed it? He nailed it. Yeah. He nailed it. You go out with your head high, and yeah. everyone there is going to to love him. He'll be a Niners guy through and through. But there's a second chapter to his career now, or a third if you consider the Patriots. The team I'm going with here that I think would make sense, and hear me out, I think he stays in the conference. I think the New Orleans Saints would be a great fit for Jimmy Garoppolo. They are built defensively oriented as they are right now with some stars in Cam Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams. You put Jimmy G, who is not going to make mistakes, who is not going to break your back in the big spot, you put him with that defense in those elements, indoors, home crowd, very supportive, and Mm -hmm. you could have Michael Thomas over the middle, Alvin Kamara in the back, and I think the Saints are Mm. right back in things. Now I know you can say, yeah, but they're spending money on Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill could still be on the team. Jimmy Garoppolo is an NFL starting quarterback. I think the Saints, Mm. whether it's Dennis Allen, whether it's Aaron Glenn, whether it's Brian Flores, whoever is the next head coach of the Saints, I would hope they think long and hard about Jimmy Garoppolo as the next quarterback. Mm. I think it makes a lot of sense, and that team could win right now with Jimmy Garoppolo. Remember that win he had in this in the Super in New Dome, Orleans. Kittle on fourth down or yes. money. It's a good one. And but what's the line from Pretty Woman? I, I want the fairy tale. I want him to go to Green Bay. And <laughs> why you might say, well, why would the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers? I don't know, maybe the 49ers make it worth their while. We saw this in, in a slightly le- lower version last year. This is to me a de facto sequel to the Stafford for Goff trade. We're gonna give you our thoroughbred. You're gonna give us a guy who maybe the bloom is off the rose a little bit. And listen, we know last year, I mean, it it was a thing. Shanahan openly wanted Aaron Rodgers at the buzzer before the draft and all that hysteria was going on. I think actually tried to get him, didn't happen. If Rodgers wants out of Green Bay and they gotta trade him, if Garoppolo's gotta go for San Francisco, make it happen. If the Packers get Jimmy Garoppolo, I think they're immediately the division favorite. I really do. Just Jimmy. Look around. Who's going to be better in that division than them next week, next year? I don't see it. I think everybody kind of wins here. We know Jimmy Garoppolo can win in Lambeau Field. He does that every five minutes. And uh, I I like this trade. And this, I think it would be cool for here. I think it would be great for both teams. And inevitably, they sure they'd meet up in the playoffs. We make the pack, make it worth the Packers' while to send off Aaron Rodgers, land him in the the Bay. I'm into it. That's definitely one of those conversations we have in the offseason how how they trade before the draft, who's going where. Yeah. But just to be honest, wherever Jimmy G goes, it's going to be plan B. It will not be the team's plan A. Hmm. So even if they were able to trade him, it would be Green Bay's plan B because their plan A is keep Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Now, I don't think he's available to be traded because Debo's contract is up and that Boza kid is up for a new contract. So they're not going to have the salary cap space. Hmm. I believe the right spot for him is a spot in Tampa Bay. Why? They have a number one receiver in Mike Evans outside the numbers who would be the best wide receiver that he's played with. They have a fortified offensive line. Now, they might lose one guy up front and everything, but Jimmy needs to go somewhere. Know yourself. 
Know he's fragile. Know he can be hurt. That's the best offensive line amongst the teams that we would be looking at. But also realize your your skill level. I'm going to be a plan B somewhere, all right? Because even at the Saints, that's going to be their plan B. If it's Tampa Bay, it's going to be their plan B. But it gives them a couple years so they can see if Kyle Trask is the real guy. I like that NFC South. (laughs) I just think it's where I'd want, you know, I could see Jimmy thriving in a team like Carolina objectively the worst quarterback play in the National Football League last year. They were uninspired. They were subpar. They were 32 of 32, dead last in passer rating Mm. and touchdown interception ratio. So obviously there's other issues. Christian McCaffrey's health is a a huge one. But if they get some shrag, semblance of stability at this position, I'm not guaranteeing it because they got rid of Joe Brady, who they had, McAdoo, is their new offensive coordinator. I don't know if I love that, but... This division is completely up for grabs now without Tom Brady and Sean Payton. And maybe all it would take, you're talking about defensive-minded teams and getting, that's Carolina. That was Carolina for a lot of last season, so I'd like to see that. We picked three out of the four in the NFC South. You picked an NFC North team. Usually these guys like to be traded outside of the conference. The mm. team doesn't want to face them. Mm-hmm. Miami, which is in the news for other reasons this morning, is very interesting because they are also interviewing Mike McDaniel, his current offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. to be potentially mm. their next head coach. If he lands in Miami. That's a very easy cross-conference. Let's go. Now, is he a better option than Tua? That's another discussion mm-hmm. altogether as well. This is more shuffling than I'm used to. Yeah, a lot of shuffling. <laughs> a lot of quarterback lot shuffling. Of shuffling. Big dogs aren't even checking in we yet. Even, we didn't even mention Deshaun Watson this morning. He's going to be on We the don't board. know how, Peter. I know. <laughs> we know the big story is the Super Bowl. Both squads preparing, the Bengals and the Rams, but there's other teams that are preparing for next season's teams like we just mentioned. And for five of those teams, that includes finding a new head coach. And so far, four new head coaches have been named none are minorities now one of those vacancies is in miami and yesterday dolphins former head coach brian flores filed a class action lawsuit against the nfl the broncos the dolphins and the giants and other unnamed teams for alleged racial discrimination with hiring processes for head coaches the league issued this statement in response saying The NFL and our clubs are deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices and continue to make progress in providing equitable opportunities throughout our organizations. Diversity is core to everything we do, and there are a few issues on which our clubs and our internal leadership team spend more time. We will defend against these claims, which are without merit. Mike Garofolo joining us now. He's got more details for us as there are a lot of ins and outs and layers to this story. What is the very latest right now? Okay, a lot of frustration across the league for black coaches who look at the number of minority head coaches and feel like that number is just not high enough. Well, Brian Flores obviously feels that way. Brian Flores, who, by the way, is still a candidate for the Saints and Texans jobs that have not been filled, and Flores making it clear in his statement yesterday as well as his television appearances today that he understands that this lawsuit, this class action suit that he brought might not help him with regard to employment in the NFL, but he felt so strongly that he wanted to file this suit, which alleges racism in hiring practices across the league, tampering with the Miami Dolphins and owner Stephen Ross, tanking as well with uh, Flores claiming that Ross offered him incentives, $100,000 per game that he would lose a couple of years ago so that they could land the first pick, which wound up being Joe Burrow, as well as drinking in an unprofessional uh, meeting with the Denver Broncos. And finally, the final straw for Flores recently, the Giants hiring Brian Dayball instead of him. He has a text message from Bill Belichick that he claims is a smoking gun with regard to uh, the Giants knowing that they were going to hire Dayball before they even 
interviewed Flores. But this is not just a suit going after some money here. There's also suggestions in the suit, conditions that Flores and his attorneys would like to be met. Among the relief sought, they suggest a committee to source black investors for a majority ownership of teams because they feel that's a factor. One other requirement that they would like to see is a written reasoning for why teams hire general managers or head coaches so that they could spell it out in writing, uh, creating a training program for lower level black coaches. Uh, also incentivizing the hiring and retention of black coaches and GMs with draft picks, which the league sort of already does, but also cap space and complete transparency when it comes to pay. Now, this morning on CBS Mornings, Flores attorney Doug Wigdor said of the NFL, quote, they can take two different paths. They can take the path of trying to defend and litigate, or we hope they take the path of actively trying to correct things to be an example, not only for the NFL, but for American society. So we'll see where this goes from here on out. Okay. Okay, and that's not the only place he's stopping by this morning. So Brian Flores will be speaking. His lawyers will be with him as well. We'll keep it here and updated uh, as the story progresses right here on NFL Network. And we do have some responses from the teams that are named in that lawsuit that you're referring to, Garofolo, and we appreciate you. The Dolphins said in part, we are aware of the lawsuit through the media reports that came out this afternoon. We vehemently deny any allegations of racial discrimination and are proud of the diversity and inclusion throughout our organization. The Broncos also replied, and they said in part, the allegations from Brian Flores directed towards the Denver Broncos in today's court filing are blatantly false. Our process was thorough and fair to determine the most qualified candidate for our head coaching position. And the Giants said in part, we are pleased and confident with the process that resulted in the hiring of Brian Dable. We interviewed an impressive and diverse group of candidates. The fact of the matter is Brian Flores was in the conversation to be our head coach till the 11th hour. Ultimately, we hired the individual that we felt was most qualified to be our next head coach, end quote. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.